Hi, welcome to Red Femme. I'm Hannah, and I'm here with Jen. Hello. Today we're going to talk about polyamory. What is it? Do we like it? What do we think of it? And I'm going to say why I don't think it exists. Yeah, I don't think it exists. Well, I do think it exists for men. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But Jen, what was your first experience with meeting someone who called themselves polyamorous? Well, I would sort of know in my circles, more my outer circles, people or friends of mine that would say, oh, I'm kind of seeing this woman and she says she's polyamorous. And that that would sort of mean we can have a thing maybe even a relationship, but it's not going to be exclusive. I'll get with other people. But then they would always tell me the story that, and then when I got with someone else, they had a massive huff about it. They were really pissed off. And I thought, wait, I thought this was what you were into and that all this was fine. So I think sometimes, often, it's polyamory for me, but not for thee kind of arrangement. That's often the arrangement. And I understand that it became a bit of a popular kind of lefty, queer, liberal thing. And I understand that a lot of the early radical feminists in the second wave, some of the later ones, were critical of monogamy because the idea was monogamy uh, supports the nuclear family, supports patriarchs. If we get rid of monogamy, we'll get rid of patriarchy. It had this kind of radical, interesting analysis that maybe it is possible to love many people. But I think what they were saying was you can have relationships across your lifetime. You don't have to get married. Like you don't have to be like, legally, I'm now attached to this person. And if I get with someone else, it's adultery. And then there are legal consequences for that if we divorce, so on, so on. I think they were talking about what a lot of people do today, which is not, I'm not saying just situationships, but serious long-term relationships. And then for whatever reason, you break up or someone meets someone else that they like and they hop off with that person. I suspect that perhaps this critique of monogamy was really just a critique of marriage. Yeah, marriage and by extension, the family. And I think the idea was like monogamy was a pillar on which the patriarchal nuclear family was built. And Germaine Greer talks about in The Female Eunuch, she talks about egoism and how basically romantic love as we know it is a kind of neuroticism where you don't see the other person as a subject, but really you kind of see them as an object to be owned or um, enmeshed with your own ego so you people get very controlling and very neurotic and very obsessive in a way that's unhealthy and actually it's not entirely possible for for a person to be kind of a their full self within these kinds of relationships so I understand all of that interesting critique and feminist analysis and wow and maybe in a few generations after a feminist revolution, it could potentially be possible for someone to love a few people um, in this kind of non-ego. You're shaking your head at me. Why? I, I don't think so at all. Because I think it's to do with early life and attachment and the dyad. And the thing that I notice about people who pretend to be doing polyamory is they all have mental illness and... <laughs> Not just that, though, but a disorganized attachment style. No, that's all true. But that would not be the kind of in a very evolved society would be the kind of person that I would be that would be necessarily be attracted but, to it. No, but you can still have you could still have a communist utopia, right? In the way that we would say, you know, if we were writing a sci-fi ish novel of a planet with matriarchal communism, you can still have someone who just you know, has uh, parents that don't care for them enough or they witness a lot of conflict and a lot of mixed messages and they get a disorganized attachment style. That's true. But I think what the early feminists were talking about was it might be possible in the future to not have a neurotic attachment to one person that is cloistering and doesn't allow that person to live up to their full potential. The cloistering and overbearing... Yes, I agree. And I think women do it 
to men, men do it to women, women do it to women and men do it to men. And, you know, it's why I just know loads of people that they would never travel without the significant other. Yeah. I just think, but why? Like, I get that you're not single in marital terms, but you are a singular person. You can go out and do X, Y and Z as an individual and live lives that aren't enmeshed. Yeah. And I think the idea is that this kind of neuroticism about the other person and the relationship prevents people from living up to their full potential. And I think that was a lot of the early radical feminist criticism monogamy. That was the that was the root and the basis of it. Whereas what we have now is a queer thing. And the idea is because it's subversive, just because it's subversive in and of itself, that it's not a traditional nuclear family, that this makes it revolutionary interesting without considering that, in fact, that kind of neurosis, that obsessionality, that controlling um, stuff is, is amplified in yeah. these relationships much more than they could ever be eliminated. And I, in my experience, polyamorous relationships are men who sleep around, women who pretend to sleep around and are secretly very jealous and bitter about it. And that their partner is sleeping around. Completely. Um, I know someone, I think we may have mentioned the podcast, someone you might know, um, might have heard of, who is in a polyamorous relationship with her uh, partner, but he just fucks her friends and she's at home feeling jealous about it. Who's this? Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if she's doing that anymore. What? Well, yeah. I think she might be married now right. to a normal guy. To a different guy. To a different guy. Oh, okay. I thought it was the same guy. But, um. Well, I'm guessing maybe she, now it's become a legal thing as well, which is obviously just ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. And it's so interesting to me because an example of a polyamorous, quote unquote, or open, quote unquote, relationship that has blown up recently and it's been in internet news is Destiny, a.k.a. Stephen Bonnell. Bonnell. Yeah, who's an um, online commentator and he's on Twitter as the omni-liberal. Yeah. He has a big following. Big following. Does lots of debates. Debates. Uh, basically, Democratic Party guy, a liberal, just like the name would suggest. And he was a big thing about, I'm an open relationship women like to fuck around as much as men do and this is great i think i heard him one day say oh no it does invite a lot of drama into your life i wouldn't recommend it for everyone um but he married a woman uh and moved this woman to the united states from sweden what happens of course she leaves him for one of her one of his one of her hookups in sweden and then this marriage which is which is essentially fake anyway because it wasn't a real marriage because they there was no pretense of actual commitment to each other has broken up and i was watching his videos talking about it and basically the headline because i was interested because of this polyamory thing and basically the headline is is that when he would sleep with other people she would send you the she has to know the woman first the woman has to text her. He then has to text her before and after it happens. They're not allowed going on any romantic dates together with the other woman. Not allowed to watch any rom-coms. It's like very restricted and prescribed. And she, But she would sleep with people kind of when she wanted. But from his telling of it, it only ever happened a few times anyway. But his... And he didn't want to know by text what happened. No, okay. no, exactly. So I just think basically this is a thing that women agree to for men. Women do not like having casual, uh, don't like anonymous hookups in the same way men do. And whether it's, and from socialization, women want security and monogamy and something with a man and they just pretend to be okay with this like they're a cool girl and my analysis of melina is that this is destiny's wife destiny's ex-wife yeah is that when she was 21 20 when she met him she was very cool to be the cool girl who's with the cool streamer and they're doing this cool po uh, polyamory thing she turned 25 actually there's this guy from her home country and, you know, 
She wants, suddenly, she wants a real relationship suddenly all of a sudden. It's, it's not cool anymore. Surprise. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it just does seem to be... And the way that he spoke about it, the disorganized attachment, and the real, it seemed, avoidance seemed to be very clear. He seemed to be very avoidantly attached to both her and these other hookups that he had. Because he spends half his time palming them off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that. My reason for saying that polyamory isn't real is I don't think it ever gets off the first rung. Mm. Because you know that the first sort of rung of a relationship, whether you're just seeing each other, we have this expression in the UK that when you're seeing someone, it means that you are having a bit of a romantic thing, but you haven't established what it is yet. You haven't established whether you're going to be in a agreement of a relationship or, you know, maybe it's going to peter out. You don't, it, maybe it'll stay casual forever. Like, you don't know where it's going. So we say, oh, you're seeing someone. In that context and in the early stages of a relationship that has been agreed upon as exclusive and committed, the kinds of things that polyamorous claimers report all fit into that lowest rung strata of mm. pre-relationship, minor, like dipping the toe in the relationship pool kind of rung of the ladder you know so it's either below the first rung or placing a foot lightly on the first rung of the relationship ladder all they talk about is how jealous they are yeah of what the other person is doing how they feel that they need to go and find people to sleep with in order to try and make this more equal and balanced and yeah. of course out of envy of the other having these sexual experiences without them they're like well i'm gonna go get my own sexual experiences without you and that's pretty much what they they seem to report and then sort of falling out about you know this idea that three people can be in a relationship I came across again so this was a guy doing a PhD at Birkbeck really posh guy real kind of like stuck up asshole failed his viva ha ha and anyway he was dating <laughs> I shouldn't say the name. No, don't say the name. But I'll tell you after. A woman who is known in the art world as quite a hypocrite. Um, South African, actually. And really, really very unattractive in terms of the conventional ways of looking at women. And then he was... The other girlfriend he had was a woman who went on to be a lecturer in philosophy at Nottingham University. Getting, getting dangerously specific. <laughs> Sorry. And basically her mum is a lecturer in philosophy. So she just directly reproduced her background. Didn't have to do a postdoc, went straight into a full-time job. And I remember she was a woman who, when I went to this like kind of soiree party at her house, just telling her about my PhD, about Freud. And then she, she, she kind of tried to challenge me on some of it. But I was explaining, oh yeah, and this is what I'm writing about in relation to that. She just started crying. So like just a really just a real fragile nutcase. Anyway, so there's this woman who's sort of like a bull, like a bullish art woman. And then there's this really feeble, fragile philosophy woman dating this fucking loser PhD student <laughs> at Birkbeck. And a, there was this case of some event that we were all at that the bullish art woman just went into the women's bathrooms and thumped the bird-like oh. philosopher woman. <laughs> And, you know, had like an argy-bargy in there over this loser PhD man. Yeah. Anyway, he he left the country to go live in Italy eventually. <laughs> I don't know if off the back of all this, but I remember just thinking like, well, yeah, I, I don't believe you can date two people at once who know each other and there isn't going to be a conflict somewhere along the line. And so this is always what I heard about was that it's tried... Basically, the experiment is tried and it ends soon and suddenly because of jealousy and sometimes jealousy that leads to actual violence. So this is why I don't actually believe it, because there's always just this presentation online. So another woman I know, this is a woman who... God, it's so hard not to say... Oh, Stop mentioning institutions. <laughs> 
So I think she kind of got pulled into it again through, it was the left, right? All these people on the far left, this is how I knew them. This is before the left wasn't completely unserious like it is today. But there is like, there's so there's a member of the rich from Portugal who lives in London and pretends to be a journalist. First pretense, but actually her parents just bought her a flat and she like has a blog and occasionally writes something to justify claiming to be a journalist. Swims completely crackers. Now, she wrote a blog about how black people on the tube looked cool like runaway slaves. Like, just this kind of madness. Right, like, yeah. Like, what the fuck? By the way, didn't get cancelled for mm. that because, in many ways, left doesn't care about its own racism. There you go. It's another podcast episode. Anyway, she was then seeing this guy who had, like, a scandal for sleeping with underage girls eventually in his socialist revolutionary group. He was, like, an adult in his 20s doing recruitment and he'd sleep with 16, 15-year-old girls. Common. Classic. Yeah. Anyway, this guy started saying to me, oh, I slept with, let's just make up a name, Polly. The Portuguese. No, 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 that was his girlfriend. He said, we're we're in an open relationship. At the time for a while, people called it open relationships. She's been sleeping with all these different men. She slept with my flatmate, in fact. And and then he said, and I've gone and slept with, we can't say Polly, actually, because that's short for polyamorous. Amy. Amy. I slept with Amy. And I was like, okay, why? And he said, oh, because of my girlfriend, so-and-so. She's been sleeping with all these other men. I just felt like I needed to. I just <laughs> went, but let's make up for it. James, I was like, Amy, I was like, did you want to commit self-harm? Like, what? <laughs> what? That's not a, that's not getting back at your girlfriend. That's not. And anyway, uh, I can't. And then, you know, I heard rumors of like Amy isn't you know for years basically we've got mutual friends she's not been she's not a particularly well woman right like drug and drinks for years is mm. aware of it's because she's unhappy has psychosexual problems which i think anyone that likes to get pissed on has across the board this is a new thing that you mentioned by the way you mentioned that as if it was established in the story Sorry, but I'm, I'm building up who she is she's had like overeating issues for a very long time and she kind of does the fat positivity thing online because right. of it. Yeah. And I think that she, you know, I don't dislike the woman. I think she's actually quite a nice person from what I remember of her like 15 years ago. But I did see that over time she was taking a trajectory in life. Where she was always writing about being depressed online, being anxious, self-diagnosing herself with ADHD, so on, so on. And now she's in a supposed relationship with two men who both are like, they literally look like wizards. Yeah, like World of Warcraft playing. But, and like long hair, long beards, like really extremely autistic. Her brother's autistic, so I think that she also is like very open to catering for autistic men. But the the reason that I say that none of this is really real is because these people mess around with each other and fall out. And it's very much at that stage of like, you're just seeing each other, there's no commitment. Because you never hear the stories of normal relationship stuff. Oh, I asked my boyfriend to take the bin out this morning and he was like, can't your other boyfriend do it? I was like, well, you know, John did it yesterday. It's your turn, Alex. Like, you know, when people just gripe gripe about their partners in a very light way but in the office. So they say, oh, you know, he always makes my lunch. He's really good at it. He's a chef i don't know or he just likes making when he makes his meal he makes you never hear about banalities no you never you never see holiday photos where it's like oh we all decided to go to skegness for the weekend me and my girlfriend and my boyfriend and his boyfriend there's not for any of this it's always about presenting the trio of the couple sat there like it's a family fucking photo on the sofa going Hello, everyone. I hope you're all having a lovely new year. I'm here with Tim and Alex. <laughs> and it's, but it's just, and it's, it's always just this way for thin performance. And you just never hear about any of the things that would come up, especially with three fucking people, if it was deeper. Yeah. If, yeah. It, if it was like, you know what? I've got pregnant and I don't know which ones it is. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, I guess you're going to have to do a DNA test when the baby's born. There's never any of that. There's never, oh, I got pregnant and actually one of them needs to take me to, for an abortion because I don't want to go on my own. But neither of them will, the fuckers. Like, you don't hear the actual things that happen in relationships. You don't even hear good things like, oh, you know, 
My girlfriend got a promotion, so me and my boyfriend and her are celebrating tonight. You never hear any of this. There was actually some like local news kind of report on a polycule of people that there was a baby involved and they didn't know who the father of the baby was and it was exactly who you expect to be in a polycule. Um, poor hygiene, very mentally ill-looking people. And there was a baby who was born and they didn't know who the baby's father was and the baby ended up murdered. Jesus Christ. And that did that that did happen. So that's the only time I've heard of a baby being born in one of these situations. But well, I'm not surprised. But the thing is, if the left's only sexual ethic is do exactly what you want, sexual liberation is good, these kinds of situations will arise. It's also a kind of weird pseudo like accelerationist like we're going to pretend we're at the end we're going to pretend that we're over all of our neuroses and jealousies and we're going to pretend that we all have secure attachment and this is all wonderful because they all are going like I'm not I'm not typically a jealous person this is easy for me it's like we're going to just skip to the end and this is going to be great and I and I've even heard people say like oh I think I'm you know people who are polyamorous are more mature because we're less you know um, neurotic about our partners or whatever. You can't just state a thing is true and make it true. We do actually live in the social world. There is a thing called attachment. When you have sex, babies arrive, like STDs, feelings being caught in different directions, circumstances that come up that you can't, you know, you won't expect. Falling in love with someone you didn't expect to fall in love with and actually wanting them to be committed. But it's like this weird, it's like when people say to me like, oh, transgenderism is like, gender abolition but accelerated we're just pretending gender is abolished now and people can dress how they want but then obviously those people still have to live in a very gendered world so then they want to do the pronouns they want to be recognized as the it's it's like pretending you could accelerate to the end it's that's why it's infantile leftism it is because it's liberal anarchism yeah yeah and it's like saying i declare a utopia now well you can't your living room's not a utopia your bedroom's definitely not a utopia. Yeah. We're all social beings. We're an accumulation of our social experiences thus far. And therefore, your bedroom is not free of the ideological chains of the world. Yeah. And I just, I feel like so much of this is similar to transgenderism in its performance. I saw earlier today that Amanda Knox Jet Woman, who's now pretending to be a man, also pretends to be an apolicule. She did a, th- a video where she's putting on this really low voice like that, as if that's how men sound. And she said, oh, I was speaking to my girlfriend, who's a man. And she said that a way that I could try and look more masculine was to make my eyebrows bigger. Because as you get older, your eyebrows become more fair and they become less bushy. Just yeah. part of the aging process. And she said, I was in the mirror and he, he, sorry, she said she, but it's a he. Uh, She came in and saw me trying to, you know, pencil in my eyebrows. I don't know. God knows what. Fiddle with her eyebrows. And I just started crying and she held me. I just thought this is a load of bullshit. I've got quite thick eyebrows for a woman. And I remember as I turned 30 being like, oh, my eyebrows are less thick than they used to be. And now I just have like a thing that I put on them to keep them healthy and bright and bushy. And it doesn't cost a lot of money. It's like £30 <laughs> for like six weeks. Okay. This is part of my nighttime routine. And I thought if you actually wanted to really increase the volume of your eyebrows, there is a way to do it. Get one of the serums online. Mm-hmm. But the point is, had this been real, she would have just done what I did and maybe talk about that. But it was this pretense of a moment. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. I have a woman's thinner eyebrows. They're not as bushy and thick as most men's. Well, it's a lie that you can't do anything about this, but you wanted this this pretense. So yeah. this, the same way that it's all performance, it's all affected. That's exactly what the polyamory stuff is about. And I think by and large, 
it doesn't really exist when there isn't someone with a camera around putting a photo on social media. The same way that loads of people, you know, make the joke, and it's a bit true that polycules are pretty much people that are into the same hobby, like board games. Yeah. And they don't have sex with each other. They clearly don't really know what a relationship is. There are so many people today who are so sexually inexperienced. Yeah. The it's amount true. of people that declare that they're virgins online, I'm like, oh my God. And I just think those people eventually, out of incapacity, out of immaturity, just want to pretend to have a relationship with other people rather than have one because they can't manage that for whatever reason. And then to make it super exciting as if you're you're on a higher plane of sexual existence. And of course, you'd probably want to pretend that if in fact you are really sexually experienced, you have got psychosexual problems, you are really immature yeah. And therefore, you can't have an, a normal adult relationship. You just go, oh, well, I'm not even competing on those terms. I'm right. actually outdoing all of you because I exist on a higher plane of sexual existence. Me and my three lovers that are all in a polycule together. But it's just not the case. It's not It's not real. No, it's not real. And there is something deeply alienated about it because when you are committed to one person in a serious way it involves things like compromise personal growth sacrifice for the other and the way that these people talk about their lovers is as if they're talking about consumer products like I've heard some of them go like I'm free on a Tuesday but only and I want to see you on Tuesday at 6 p.m. I want to text between um, meetings I don't want to call maybe we can go on a date every two weeks if you're up to it but I would only just prefer this to be a Tuesday night and text in between and that's it it's like treating human beings like like a service like a service or like a consumer product and they're all of the things all of the ethics that are missing from the left are so, so it's so obvious there's a void. And what slips in because we live in like a neoliberal consumerist hellhole is just neoliberal consumerist hellish yeah. nonsense where you're just treating people. And it's obviously mostly men doing this to women and I think it's young women who are like I want to seem cool I want to seem like the cool girl I'm not jealous I'm I'm like I'm so down I'm very sexual and I love porn this is great the idea of I'm so above all that yeah I don't have those feelings and it's like well if you did have like catch feelings initially if you did develop feelings the idea that would go away guess you don't guess you're not that interested in your boyfriend anymore then what's the point of being with him yeah. I know so many women, and they always are the type that pretend to be bisexual. Yeah. Weirdly enough, that their boyfriend basically wants to have sex outside the relationship. Yeah. And then the way to tell themselves that their boyfriend isn't just cheating on them is to say, well, we're polyamorous. And there's lots of TikToks with women saying, this is how you cope on the evening when your yeah. boyfriend goes on a date with another woman. It's you know, sad. Be really nice to yourself. Do something really good so that you have a good evening too. And so you don't feel so sad. It's just like, how about you don't get treated like shit? Yeah. Yeah. How about you have some standards? I think so much. I think girlhood and adolescence is like basically girls in adolescence are like hazed and you're basically like if you're not sexually appealing or quote-unquote attractive or fuckable it's like you're completely worthless it's like you're worth absolutely nothing and I think girls who who are heterosexual maybe even lesbians but certainly heterosexual who fail that test they basically develop such a complex and and they go around saying they love BDSM, they're bisexual, they're polycule, and that just means love me. Mm. Please love me. Please accept me. Please have sex with me. Please give me attention because this wound, because I wasn't considered pretty in grade 10, yeah. is so... Um, well, it's a way of saying I'm available for any and all attention. Like, I'll have normal sex with you, but I'm into BDSM too. Yeah. I'll have a normal relationship, but also I can have an open one too. Yeah. Like, it's a way really of signaling that you're just absolutely available yeah. to any typically male 
val- sexual attention for validation. Yeah. Because the other type that are a bit like those women, but the male version, is I know I've met these wizards that claim to be poly and they were always trying to add the P to LGBT. Yeah. In the student world, in student politics. I used to think that guy wants to add P because he says he's polyamorous. I don't believe he gets with women at all. Like he's repugnant. And he, they, he, this one guy, he actually messaged a woman that, I mean, I was friends with, but I slept with at one point. And she was like, yeah, he sent me a message saying, hello, honey bear. Can I come into your cave? And oh she God. was like, what is he on about? And I was like, oh, he's trying to do a, I'm not a big, scary, gross, autistic wizard man who's obese. I'm a teddy bear. I was like, he's just trying to hide his raging hard on. Yeah, it, it does seem to be a thing for sexual losers. Sorry. Like, it seems to be a thing for sexual losers and women who have been manipulated and emotionally abused to the point where they have convinced themselves they're cool with their boyfriends cheating on them. That seems to be like 99% of it. Yeah. And a lot of the time, unfortunately, does signal to men that you're up for sexual access and up for things like getting pissed on. If you're known as a woman who is poly, they pretty much like it's not like you. It's like, do you really want men to just use you as a fuck toy and discard you? And who are you imagining? Are you imagining like a Brad Pitt or like a sailor, like a young strapping man in like uniform? These are not the kind of men who go towards this because those men have normal forms of sexual access to women. They can chat a woman up in a bar. They're socially appropriate. They know to be like, oh, can I buy you a drink? Or however it is that straight people do it. I don't know what you people do, but I've seen this on films. It's like they would you know, go on a date with a woman from a dating app, be like, let's go for dinner. They're normal. They have normal routes to, you know, take up with women, you know, and date them and and whatever. And it's like, uh, I remember this friend of mine at university, I'll just say she's a red-haired Romanian. He's gone back to Romania now. I'm just like putting these like very identifiable (laughs) things. Sorry, I'm just, because I don't want it, I can't. So I want people to think, okay, and picture someone of some kind. Anyway, this woman was quite known for having threesomes because it was actually a woman that she was really interested in who was quite promiscuous. It was sort of the way that she could carry on the relationship with her. I don't think they were ever in an official relationship. This woman used to sleep around a lot and her red-haired girlfriend would then sort of be like, oh, I'll sleep with them too, and this can be a threesome, but she really just wanted the sexual experience with this woman that she really liked. Right. But I remember this got round that they kept having threesomes with people, and then this guy that I knew, also a PhD student at Birkbeck, different one, who was a virgin in his 30s, was, again, there's nothing wrong with being overweight, but he was very big. It's like, when we get into the morbid obesity thing, you do start to drop off the attractiveness rating chart. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. right? Unless you're Tim Dillon, who I think is a... I think he's a handsome man. <laughs> well, it's just because we think he's funny and politically he's very smart. funny, but I think he gets with a lot of men. Anyway, there are exceptions, but by and large, you start to drop off the rating um, chart by BMI of about 35. She was at a party with this guy, the red-haired girl that was getting a reputation for having threesomes and being in a poly relationship and this vir- this virgin in his 30s he lunged in to kiss her and she told me the story she was like i threw myself backward <laughs> off the sofa to get away from his face like his bearded face coming at me oh god and she just was like what the fuck and i was like oh god and i didn't realize at the time i would have said look I think you have a certain reputation from your proximity to this woman that you're constantly trying to call into a relationship who's known to be promiscuous, and she certainly was prolific. And because then you're getting involved in that and you're trying to share her sexual a sexual life with her, and she won't stop sleeping with all and sundry, you're like, well, I'll just sleep with them too, and I'll just yeah. have threesomes you know, with her and whoever she selects. These men are thinking that there's no... Bar 
It's about saying the bar is on the floor. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest tragedies of liberal sexual politics, really, is that women and girls were told it's cool to be a slut. It's cool to be um, have no standards. It's cool to have sex that is demeaning and humiliating and dangerous. It's all so cool. Um, and so it's cool to be a slut. It's great. And they and a lot of women and girls believed that the men saying that believed it themselves. Right. When in reality, they think of, quote unquote, sluts the same way conservative men do, which is that you have no value. Yeah. That's exactly they don't think of it's a it's a trap. It's it's a ploy. It's cynical. They don't believe it. Well, it's like when we talked about this on our sexual liberalism podcast about yeah. Dylan Dennis, who's this sort of online comment. No, he's not really commenting, online troll and YouTube boxer and MMA fighter twice. Like he just, when, when he was uh, pillorying uh, Logan Paul's wife online and then people tried to say you're slut shaming. He said, what do you mean? I love sluts, but I'll marry a virgin. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. But even the liberal um, socialist, I'm a member of Democratic Socialists of America, I'm a member of the Labour Party, I'm a member of RS21, I remember they'd still think promiscuous women are sluts. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Even if they spout this logic about, it's great, sexual, the more men you fuck, the more liberated and actually more attractive I find you. They have contempt. They have contempt for you. It's very difficult for a man to have full respect for a woman who he imagines is open to intercourse because for men, being on the receiving end of intercourse is a demeaning act. They think it takes something away from you as a person. That's how they view sex and sexuality. So if you're like, I just fuck whoever, they're not going to think of you as a full person. They're not. Yeah. Men can't think of women as sexual and full people. That's where you get the Madonna whore dichotomy. Right. Right. I just really wish that there was more of an honest conversation about this because people also feel that they want to be kind and not say it. Yeah. But the reality is, is anyone who's pretending to be in a polycule who's in their 20s and 30s absolutely has done the reality testing of, I can't actually get a girlfriend or boyfriend and if I do I'm not up to the responsibility of commitment yeah and I'm not up to being a normal adult who's graduated into adulthood yeah I can't do it so therefore I'm making excuses for that and pretending that that's not actually a limitation I have it's that I have this other sexuality and sexual orientation every single person who is claiming to be to be polyamorous if they were honest, would say, I'd actually just like to be with someone who I'm really invested in, that I both like love and accept the shortcomings of. And I really would love to have gone from the honeymoon stage to the conflict phase, find out that we can do conflict together well and be in the commitment stage and have a proper adult committed relationship that is fulfilling and in, and long term. But they know, A, they're not going to find a dance partner. And B, if they found a dance partner, they wouldn't be up for the dance. And I do think there is something about disorganized attachment, which is a person who experiences both anxious attachment and avoidant attachment simultaneously or at different times. There's something I could see how a disorganized, someone with a disorganized attachment could be attracted to this sort of thing. Because you're able to recreate or uh, repeat situations in which you get to enact both avoidant attachment and anxious attachment. Oh, I only want to see you on a Tuesday to sleep together. I'm not into commitment. No, no, no. You get to be the avoidant. And then when your partner is off fucking someone else, you get to be the anxious. Yeah. You get to you get to have both. And you get to text them 14 times going, what did you do? I want to know about it. Yeah. You have to let me know. I don't feel right about this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. People put themselves in situations where they can recreate their pathologies. Yeah. Or repeat them. Well, I also, you know, what you said earlier is so right about they pretend it's wholly positive. If you said to any of them, 
And this is about anyone who's in a fake relationship. There's loads of online fake relationships. And what they can't handle is when you say, so what's the downside? If you said to people who are claiming to be polyamorous, so what's the downside of being in a polycule? What's the downside of having a girlfriend and a boyfriend? They wouldn't say there was one. Yeah. Because actually this is so fragile. This is so non-existent, really. There's no, no substance to it. They can't say the things everyone else would say. Like, yeah, there's not just a net benefit. What's the net benefit in, like, having to have earplugs because maybe somebody snores? Having to, I don't know, think about the other person. You can't just eat the the final part of the Doritos. You have to go, is it all right if I eat the end of the Doritos? <laughs> Jen being an only child. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? So, like, this yeah. thing of checking in with the other um saying oh I really need the bathroom well sorry I just got in the shower okay I'll wait (laughs) like they they would have nothing to say like let alone oh god having to go around to my in-laws deciding where to spend Christmas having to take time off work for their birthday but sometimes I have a big deadline they would never ever come up with any of this because they're not doing it it's not real it's a way to have no responsibility whatsoever Yeah. yeah um a shoe commitment in any sense and basically saying to someone I'll do whatever I want and you're not actually good enough to commit to because I'll be off with the next person the moment someone else looks at me it's also this idea that you can have sex without love which I think which you can you can but not always often those two things come together so this idea that you're just going to have rando sex with people that sounds great in theory but it's entirely possible that you fall in love with someone else which is exactly what happened in the melina destiny thing like i haven't like watched one video about it i haven't like done a deep dive or whatever but like destiny has come up with this thing of like oh like he's abusive and like so destiny's you mean melina's come up with this thing no 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 destiny is saying this about melina's new husband okay or partner i don't think they're married boyfriend whatever um he's abusive and he like threatened to kill himself if melina didn't stay or whatever it was and it's like maybe that's true i haven't looked at the evidence being totally honest I think is probably the case is that she fell in love with somebody else. Yeah. Which is the thing that happens when you open, you decide that this is the kind of thing that you want. And actually you can't have your cake and eat it. You do need to have some ethics. You need to have some higher principles that you're aspiring to. And I would like those things to be equality, mutuality, reciprocity for a traditional right wing person. They want it to be, I don't know, fidelity and patriarchy and all these other things. But on the left, in the modern liberal left, there is no sexual ethic other than the more sex you have, the more liberated you are, and um, promiscuity is good. That seems to be the only kind well, of guy. I think principle. they think of like heterosexual missionary sex as somehow synonymous with capitalism, and then they think, <laughs> yeah, and then they think doing the opposite of that, just like whipping each other in a dungeon, that must be therefore really sort of oppositional to capitalism but it's not it's actually not very dissimilar (laughs) if you're thinking about hierarchy or inequalities and unearned power and all these other things and harm that sounds to me very similar to capitalism you're just doing it in a dungeon (laughs) and also like if you really want like if you believe in this lifestyle politics thing and i'm sure not all people who are in open relationships or polyamorous relationships, whatever these fake relationships do. But if you're claiming to do it out of some like guiding political principle, which is like, oh, we want to dismantle a nuclear family or whatever, if that's your kind of point of view, it sounds like exactly the kind of situation you would create in order to make things less equal, in order to make things less trusting, in order to make things less reciprocal and more in order to make things less mutual like how do i sow distrust paranoia insecurity um you know lack of self-worth let me just fuck a bunch of other people you know lack of connection lack of connection alienation yeah yeah i mean 
I think as well, there's lots of things that go on that are sexual that are not real relationships, like casual sex. Yeah. When yeah. you're just sort of seeing someone, you're sleeping with them, you're figuring out. It's like an audition. It's like, do we want to be in a relationship? And a lot of the time it ends up, no, we don't like each other enough. We don't fancy each other enough for the sex to continue after the first few times of the excitement of having sex with someone new. And, you know, that's that. That's not a real relationship. Affairs are also not real relationships. If you have an affair with someone who's married, it's mm. not a real relationship. You can no. be in love, yeah, but it's not a real relationship. No. And it's why it's often not really reality tested. And when the person who's having the affair leaves their marriage for the person they're having an affair with, often goes very badly because that's when the reality test takes place. Yeah. So none of this is ever reality tested and it just blows up at the moment that it is. Yeah. No one ever, you know, there's these TikToks of like creepy Americans in California trying to have these conversations where it's a man basically, again, like saying to a broken woman, I understand your feelings of jealousy and I'm sorry about that. And I hear you and I'm here for you. And it's like, mate, just stop fucking her friend. I know. Like, it's really simple. Keep your dick in your pants or break up with her and accept that you, the loss, that you don't get to have your cake and eat it in life. You should have learned this as a child. Yeah. It's like, which biscuit do you want? You can't have both. This is what's said to like five-year-olds. And you go, okay, I want the custard cream. All right, then you don't get the Twix. Like, that's how it is. And if you want someone new, for whatever reason, you have to give up the probably mix of good and bad thing with your present partner. That's the way the world is. Yeah. And go to therapy for your disorganized attachment style if you're attracted to these kinds of scenarios christ the thing is as well the thing that makes it i think particularly wrong actually is that the partner has to bear it all yeah there is something about people who have been in a long-term relationship they're staying together for their kids they're married you know maybe they'll divorce once the kids are 18 and off to university or out doing an apprenticeship or working or whatever but people sometimes discreetly have affairs People just sometimes fall in love accidentally with someone and it just happens where you're just close, you become friends. Where you become close friends, you both know you have feelings for each other and eventually things boil over into it being realised and there being a physical realisation of actually we both really fancy each other and essentially fallen in love without exactly meaning to. Yeah. Because yeah. we, we took these steps but we were in denial this would ever really um, occur those things happen they're done in private and discreetly and i get that it's wrong to be dishonest and not tell your partner but to pretend that you can just say to the other person yeah. well let's just have an open relationship then let's just be polyamorous yeah is essentially trying to then say i am going to ask you to pretend to be okay with this which is so much worse it is because it then means that and it means the other person who's had the affair gets to get off scot-free completely from saying i'm really sorry that i've done something that is hurtful to you yeah it's about saying i don't want to be responsible for the harm that i cause yeah no and completely and it gives a whole um language and politics and subculture to cheaters basically to use um for ammunition against mostly women and but i'm sure some men as well to say like i have no emotional responsibility towards you if you feel some kind of way about this then you have to go go in a bubble bath it's like i can't imagine the crushing um, i mean you hear about women whose husbands have affairs for years and years. And uh, this is an interesting thing I saw on TikTok when I was scrolling hair videos. I like watching people get their hair done. And they were talking about a man who had an, a long-term affair with a woman and, and then the man died. But it was like a long-term 10, 15-year affair. And then the man died. Do you let the um, mistress come to the funeral. Depending on the context, I might say yes. I yeah, might, I might say yes. I yeah. might say no, depending on the context. There can be things done. It depends how sympathetic the characters are involved. It's like, for example, I've mentioned on the podcast before, 
I have been with married women in terms of a, they've been having an affair with me. I, in the instance that the woman was married, I had another one, but it, they were just living together. Anyway, they said this one case, <laughs> in this one case, the, the husband was a real odious character. He'd been abusive. He was unemployed by choice. I had no respect for him. There wasn't a redeemable quality. Redeemable quality. If he had been a man who I could feel at all sympathetic towards, I would have felt a certain amount of guilt. Yeah. I probably still would have done it because I was in love with this woman. Right. And I'd wanted to get with her for like seven years. But I would have felt that. So again, if it really depends on how sympathetic the other woman is. I just think funerals are one of those things where you got to let people. I think it's like a sacred kind of we're human beings. This is what we do when someone dies sort of thing. So I probably would. Okay. I probably would. It would be humiliating and horrible. But like when people die, also things come out of the closet and the woodwork. And- it depends how public it is. If other people knew, it would be different to if just you knew. Mm-hmm. I think of that as quite different as well. But it's all a can of worms. It is. It's like this kind of poly nonsense. It's like, look, you're trying to basically have arrangements of casual sex with multiple people. And then if it's a polycule, you're all having casual sex together. And it's just even just having casual sex with one person is often such a minefield. This is why people often do it when they're abroad. Yeah. When someone is in the country, but then they're going to leave because it's about like putting distance. They'll have casual sex where they go out every Friday night on a date and have sex. And then they don't try and see them again because it's about being like, nope, that was a one-time thing. And as much as it sounds in theory appealing to have a rota of women coming around to your house or men, if you're a straight woman, I suppose, but I don't think they want it all. But it's like, yeah, in theory... Having a rotor of different sexual partners sounds great. In reality, it is a recipe for hell on earth. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. It sounds awful. Well, it's not about, it's not the sex. It's everything around that that comes with sex that is the worms in the can. Yeah. And even just this thing of like, it can be bad enough, actually. Casual sex can go so wrong. Again, not the sex, but around it with the wrong person who, I mean, you know, the obvious, like, they they want to be with you and you don't want to be with them. Then yeah. they decide to make your life hell and punish you or whatever. There's multiple things that can happen. That's just with one other person. Imagine adding something else to the mix. I know. I even know, like, this story of... um, But again, because it's kind of like cheating, but cheating that's not accountable, but still people can behave however they want. So... It's like, can you imagine being with a man and then he gets another girlfriend and then she joins you as a throuple and at which point they start clearly liking each other much more than you because you're the old yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the amount of like jealousy and proximity. Like, there's mm. no wonder it ends in violence. Yeah. There's no wonder. Well, also, the novel novelty is a huge thing in love and eroticism and that sort of thing like f- for things to be erotic generally they do there is a there it helps for it to be novel so if there's a new person on the scene kind of necessarily it could that person he hasn't seen that person give birth you know he hasn't seen that person be sick in the middle of the night he hasn't seen that person on their worst day where they had a meltdown and whatever well also he hasn't so, had sex with that person 500 times exactly. and he's very familiar with it exactly so there's going to be a power balance there that could have nothing to do with your worth or her worth or her, your your personality or her personality how you look just simply because she's the new thing and I can imagine, and, and there's nothing you can do if you're the other person, if you're the old person, to overcome that. There's nothing that can be done. You can't well, unknown someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, apparently gay men do have these sorts of arrangements where there'll be like an older gay male couple yeah. that like rent their basement out to like a young gay man and then they both sleep with him and apparently these don't end in violence so gay men have weirdly <laughs> enough been doing these arrangements for a long time they just don't give them a label because they're actually doing it yeah the people that claim yeah, to be yeah. in a polycule and live together are either they're not it's not a real relationship because you're not all having sex with each other or these issues would come up yeah or 
you're all just like, or oh, you're not in a polycule, you're just pretending for the internet. Like yeah. there's there's every single way it there is something that makes it not real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just yeah, it just seems like a nightmare, but it, it is fake. And I just wish we would start saying this is fake. Yeah, it's fake or it's an excuse for men to cheat. Horrendous behavior. And then for women to either pretend to be okay with it or be okay with it when they're younger, get older, get some self-esteem and realize they're not and leave them. Well, it's also this idea that if you get someone to agree to something, therefore they can't feel bad about it. But we, we yes, they, that's that's it's a huge, it's a disgusting. But also, that but that's not true. It's like if no. I said, "Oh, I really want to go on holiday to like I don't know the North Pole," mm. and my girlfriend was like, "Oh, I don't really want to do that." I'm like, "Well, this is the way to stay in a relationship with me," and she's like, "Okay, I I agree. I'll come to the North Pole with you." The idea then that she couldn't or wouldn't complain once we were there. It's nonsense. Of course yeah. you can complain. Of course you can say, effectively, you made me come here in order to stay with you. I fucking hate it here. It's fucking cold. Like, yeah, it- that's one of the things that someone had to tell me in a self-helpy kind of context is you're allowed to change your mind. Yeah. You're allowed to change your mind. Anytime. You're, allowed, you're allowed to agree to something and go, actually, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Nope. Don't want to do it. You're allowed to leave. You're allowed to do whatever. But if you go honey, I want, like, I've been thinking about it and I just think I really want to be polyamorous and I want an open relationship. It puts the, mostly the woman in a position where she's signed a blank check. Yeah. And it's like, oh, but I didn't know that you were going to fuck Sandra from the PTA. I like Sandra. I really like her cupcakes. And, like, we, I feel weird. Now I feel embarrassed. I have to see Sandra. And, like, you know you know what I mean? Like, it's like signing a blank check. Mm-hmm. It's also, like, so humiliating. Like, it's so... This is what I don't understand about how a lot of people react to cheating in general is I I would find it just humiliating. I would find it humiliating and embarrassing. I I I find the notion of it humiliating, embarrassing and shameful. A lot of people react angry. I wouldn't react angry. I'm just like totally humiliated and I don't know how you have the capacity for humiliation yeah these women how they put up with it and how they talk about it on tiktok yeah i feel exactly like that it's not that the act itself of cheating is immoral it's the dishonesty around it if you then don't tell your partner but then sometimes that's sometimes as we discussed earlier the, the more dignified option but then it is the humiliation if other people know so for me it's the openness of polyamory yeah which is makes it just horrendous yeah yeah like horrific it's sort of like if people have these quiet arrangements but they're but but the thing is it starts with a real it's in a real relationship right and that's why people don't just do it openly yeah because they're like actually we are committed to each other it's just i don't know one of them has a fling or one of them when they go abroad there's a rule that when they're abroad they can do what they want or there's one woman that the I don't know the other person is cool with their husband getting with for whatever weird strange reason yeah but it's it's for me the the thing that doubles the humiliation or just increases it sort of exponentially is the fact that this is all open and advertised yeah. but this is also why I don't believe it can you imagine these people if they worked at an office how yeah. much they get the piss taken out of them in Britain yeah in the UK it'd be like oh so Dave which wife were you in bed with last night <laughs> Like, oh, so your missus down the road. Suppose you don't mind if I uh, crack onto her, Dave? It'd just, it'd just be like constant ribbing. Yeah. Constant ribbing of like just the most brutal kind <laughs> in some respects. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's made up. And I just think we should start admitting this is made up. Yeah. This is not a real relationship formation. No. At all. No. It, and it's not a real sexual orientation. In any sense. Oh, I mean, well, yeah. That's the other thing that we haven't even touched on is just how offensive this is to pretend that your lack of values and ethics is anything like being gay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> well, it's like there's gay people with boundaries, there's gay people without boundaries. It's really just about what sex you're attracted to. 
what sex of person whereas they've said this is about what sex you're attracted to and what people i guess they're like the sex is bdsm like does anyone know anyone poly that isn't into bdsm maybe but there's a big there's a, a lot huge of huge overlap a huge overlap there's like a there's like a circle and it goes bdsm calling yourself bisexual calling yourself queer having colored hair and having a made-up disability it's like yeah a circle yeah and, and being into board games and like nerd culture it's like a, yeah. it's like a circle <laughs> yeah i feel like it's just it's it's not true and i just think in fact if i ever had a conversation with any of these people i think you could get it out of them within about 10 minutes that this isn't their preference Oh, and they're always bursting with it. Any person I know who's been in one of these situations, they're always like, oh my God, like the, the distress and the drama and the emotional terrorism that they do on each other. They're always wanting to tell their friends about it. They're always like, oh, like you get to hear about it every time you talk to them. Well, and they don't, they put it down to those individuals. They don't put it down to being poly, yeah. which is the point. It's sort of like... I mean, I think I'm a vaguely reasonable person, but if I lived with two girlfriends, can you imagine the arguments? No. Because you'd have the argument with one of them, there'd be some dispute over something, and then the third would be like, take their side or your side. Yeah. And it would just be terrible. It would be terrible. It's like, the, the um, there would never be enough conflict resolution skills present in order to work out those scenarios. And again... If you're in a relationship and you've never had an argument, you're not really in a relationship. Like, you're not in the commitment stage. Or, yeah. Sorry, the conflict stage before the commitment. Like, you're not out of the honeymoon stage. You're not yeah, off the yeah. first rung of the ladder. And these people aren't even on that. Yeah. So, yeah, if you said to them what you argue about, they wouldn't have anything to say. No. Because they're really either just friends or there's some poor person there who's being tortured um, emotionally and therefore it'd be taboo to say, oh, well, actually, we argue when uh, when uh, Sandra lamps Phyllis about the <laughs> fact that I don't return to bed with Sandra after I have sex with Phyllis. And, you know, but this is a lot of it, like lots of threesomes I've known of and maybe taken part in. There's always, it's not me. There's always usually I find out after I work out after that one of the other participants was participating because they actually wanted to be in a relationship yeah. with one of the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I do get that some women finer up for casual sex, but there's at least a third or half that only agree to things like threesomes or casual sex or involving other people, however because they're either in pursuit of a relationship with one of the participants involved yeah or they want to keep them and they're already in a relationship yeah. with them yeah and look you know it's like on tinder the amount of couples looking for a female third oh christ do those women are those women bisexual in any meaningful sense no are they really wanting to have sex with another woman and their boyfriend and watch the boyfriend fuck another woman? No, they're doing it to please the boyfriend to keep him. Yeah. To keep him happy and so that he doesn't go out and cheat alone. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's to enact a pornified fantasy. Yeah. For him, so. For him? Yeah. Yeah, it's to enact a pornified fantasy for the man involved. That's the reason that they're doing it. And then we have to be subjected to it on their on the dating apps as if like so it's such a funny way of viewing lesbians as if lesbians are like oh yeah i can't wait for jim and tina <laughs> to like scoot me up and oh man i can't wait to like see his dick like what do they think this is well you know it gets quite dangerous like a friend of mine went on holiday i think to milan and she decided she wanted to have a fling as you do on holiday and she went on Tinder and decided maybe I'll do something a bit unusual and sleep with a woman this time, whereas she usually sleeps with men. And there was this woman who was surprisingly also up for it. It's very hard to find two women up for casual sex, but one found the other. And she went to the hotel and was sort of getting off with this woman, chatting, whatever. And the woman was like, oh, my boyfriend will be back in an hour. The whole thing was a ruse for the boyfriend to get a threesome experience. Yeah, I've heard about this, that they 
they've they've figured out these like loser women who are just cucked by their boyfriends like just think that they have to debase themselves and have no values whatsoever they'll like pretend to be looking for actual lesbian relationships and then like bust out the boyfriend what to rape the lesbian like what do they think is gonna happen well it's also the case that they did this on holiday so that the woman involved in the threesome the girlfriend will have felt secure that the boyfriend then won't go off with her because they're probably not from the same place back in the UK. Right. Like, I don't even know what part of the world this woman also in Milan, maybe she was from Milan and was from, but it was the idea that we get someone who's then not in the vicinity later. Yeah. And therefore she's not a threat to me. And this helps my boyfriend stay with me because he's kept happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's, it's a problem. Anyway, that's... Uh our takes on polyamory slash open relationships. Oh, also, please follow us on Spotify or Apple, whichever one you're listening on. And if you want more episodes, there's bonus content on Patreon every Thursday. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.